0: Michael Yo's got his own show. Michael Yo's got his own show. If you're looking for a place to go, the only place to go is the Yo Show.
1: The only place to go is the Yo
0: Show. Hey, what's up? It's Yo. Welcome to the show. Uh, Make sure you subscribe. Put the stars in. Leave comments. Anything else I'm missing, Brian? Anything else? It takes so long no, to I talk. Think you, I think you got it. I got. It. Why, why does it take you so long to talk, Brian? takes me a long time to think. Okay. I <laughs> hope well, that is a true statement. I love Brian. He is the producer extraordinaire of this podcast. All right, so do all that good stuff. My special, I Never Thought, is coming out March 15th. So definitely check that out. Go to MichaelYo.com or subscribe to my Facebook or YouTube page. But I'm happy because this next guy. I love, I met him on Chelsea lately, back in the day. Mo Mandel, what's up my friend? What's up man? You're at the Comedy Cellar this week. Comedy Cellar in Vegas. In Vegas, have you ever done the New York one yet? I have not, and honestly
1: I've never done like a full week in Vegas. Really? No. Oh man, it's draining. It's draining well i'm pretty stoked because yesterday was the first night and they they gave me a uh, card where i can go eat for free in the employee cafeteria yes that might be the best showbiz break i've caught in five
0: years right i mean and it's that's just amazing and that's cafeteria it's not the greatest food but it's free food it's pretty good yeah, you know it's, it's
1: free it's like you wake up you go
0: down there well, They have
1: breakfast know. too right yeah see it's just it's nice so that was a big that was a big score for me i feel like i'm basically i feel like i've made it i feel and like I've you're made making
0: it. money on top of that dude i mean i'm basically mark cuban right now there you go i i want to talk to you on day four or five when you're like i need to get <laughs> like out. dude if
1: i have to eat any more of this orange <laughs> chicken i'm gonna kill myself
0: so so now are you still on the journey of trying to have a kid what's going on oh or man have you
1: accomplished this year. No, me and my wife have been uh i don't know the last time i talked to you but yeah we've been just trying for over I mean, a year I'm
0: watching it on social media. Yeah,
1: yeah. Today, literally before this, I was on a zoom call with my wife and a fertility expert and we're going to start doing the IVF. I think IVF. Yeah, that's yeah. expensive, bro. Well, see, this is, it's, it's, it's Tricky because I got the writer's guild, you know, there's uh, some writing. So I got the insurance on that, but only till June. So I got to like really got to get these eggs frozen and get this whole thing. Yeah. doing. And it's like there's already enough timing and pressure trying to make a kid. Now it's like the clock just got cranked forward or else. Yeah, then I'm going to have to. Are you
0: ready to be a dad though?
1: I mean, you're a dad. So
0: yeah. I, I, I mean, were you ready? Did you think you're ready? I Yeah, I did think I was ready, but you're never ready. But you can think you're ready. You know, I think like, and this is my advice. If you, <laughs> if you have more than one, yeah, you can have 50 because it's all the same. After one, the life changes. Like me and my wife are living a very lax life with one. It's, one is easy. Oh, you have one now. I have two. You have two now. My daughter just okay. turned two. And it becomes, I love it, but it becomes a lot because if one sleeps. My friend told me. I've said this in past podcasts. My friend has like five kids. He goes, if you have two, you can have 15 because you're always up. You're always doing something. They never sleep at the same time. And it's true. You would just be watching two kids instead of one kid. You know what I mean? So the more you have, it's yeah. fine. After two, it's a total game changer from one to two. So that's what I tell my friends. It's like one, like my son's four now, almost five. If we just have my son, it's cake street, you know, but with my daughter, Now you're doing all the things you did with him when he was two, like at two years old, they could walk right into a wall, you know, or fall off a couch. So you're like "Ah," doing that, but it's very worth it. I I will
1: say my brother has two now and the amount of stress and general, just like misery that I see emanating of him and his wife (laughs) since the second one, and they love their kids. Their kids are great, but like- It's tough. Yeah, no, they're definitely like, you know, I, I always notice this when people have kids where, They'll just start telling you how tough it is but then they always end with but it's
0: great it's, great. it's such a weird because it, because it always it is. like starts like it's hell but then you know what worth makes it? It? You, you should you do know, it you know what makes it great is when they freaking you had a hell of a day and they lay on you look at you and go I love you I yeah. mean it's just like no you it know, looks great I and mean you know they're your people yeah you know that I'm still not over that.
1: Like that's my like they're your like you created them. Yes, These are your cluster of cells. I still not over that. Yeah.
0: I am. So, I talk to my wife all the time. I go Like, can you believe those are our people? Like we created them. That blows my mind. Which still. must
1: make it so much more fucked up when they hit that teenager
0: phase and they hate you and you're like, dude, you are me, I mean, motherfucker. Like and my son looks like me. And my daughter looks like my wife. So it's kind of like, it's it's weird when I get mad at my son, it always clicks. My, I'm really getting mad at myself because yeah. he looks like a mini me not just kind of looks like me with long hair handsome guy with handsome long guy, hair long, even better looking oh yeah, wow be- way better looking like
1: wow. he, yeah anyway so good luck with thanks that. man yeah it's it's definitely been like a lot of material i've gotten out of it um but it's, it's kind of weird with like having a kid it's like it seems so natural and it's just like you know it seems like you just like it's just waiting for you behind that glass like anytime you want all right parenthood and now to have to go through this has been like oh fuck
0: yes yeah, well you know i used to interview like a lot of celebrities and the biggest question they want you to know i you mean you used have- to uh, well, I mean, you're a celebrity. No, like you, you,
1: did you just hear I'm getting free food?
0: Uh, you cafeteria? are a celebrity to me, Mo free, free cafeteria food. Celebrity. I still interview celebrities <laughs> named Mo Mandel. <laughs> Thank but you. I would ask, you know, the question TV wants you to ask is, are you going to have more kids? And that's kind of a rude question because now after we had a kid or a couple, we have friends that can't have kids yeah. or I had to go through IVF. And it's kind, of, you so you shouldn't ask that question. You really shouldn't ask that question.
1: It's definitely very... I hate to use this word, but triggering for people, this yes. fertility stuff. Like I've, you know, I, I've, a lot of my material now is about that, and and I'm hopefully going to put out a special soon. That's a lot about this whole process, but. In the beginning, when I was trying to work out how to talk about it, yeah, I mean, you could go wrong fast. Yeah. You know, if people think you're being heartless about it or callous, because obviously for me, we had a miscarriage and all that. Yeah. It was extremely traumatic and it was very painful. But like everything, like I always just try to figure out, well, how the hell do I say something funny about this? How do I, I mean, I, I, I need it, I need to. So I don't just go into a dark place whenever I think about it. And I do think it's like one of those amazing things where it's so common and so unspoken of. To the point where when after me and my wife had the miscarriage, you know, I end up telling some friends about it. And they're like, Oh yeah, that happened to me too. I'm like, oh, Well, yeah. you could have told me, so I wouldn't have felt so alone uh, you know, about yeah, this. I have several
0: friends with miscarriages. Yeah. Like it's very common. It's All very right. it's it's I I mean, knock on wood, our kids are fine, but it's so like I couldn't imagine going through that. Like, yeah, it, it, it must be an unbelievable especially when they have to give birth to the kid too. Was that did that happen to you? Oh well,
1: or no. We had early. to go in for a uh, DNC, which is essentially like you know they say the baby's not viable. I, I don't know if this body yeah. this is a comedy podcast, right? I don't no, know. No, but if, it's we, fine. Okay, We're talking about Because right. I, mean, I, I I I I can't turn this into a laugh at the end of this story. No, way there's, fine. There's, there's I don't, no want, I I don't to, go want for, to laugh. Okay, good. Yeah. Uh, so we had to go in for a DNC, which is like, in it literally is like the same thing as an abortion to yeah. get you know. And I had to hold her hand. You know, it's 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 rough, dude. It was rough. It was it was big boy adult level stuff. Mm-hmm you know,
0: that's like when you say I'm grown. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm a, I'm a, an adult person. And of
1: course, this is, just my experience for my wife. It was like, you know, it was a thousand times worse. Cause she went in for the first, um, appointment. They're like, we don't know if it's viable, but you have to come back in in 10 days. So it's like,
0: Oh, oh my God, you got to
1: wait 10 days and then come in there. And then, uh,
0: yeah, it's so I, I will say this, uh, I've interviewed you a couple of times and I've known you forever. This is the first time you're not angry. Like, you have this vibe that you're always like uppity and angry. Is that just uppity? Like, well, not uppity. Uppity as in like, yeah, like intense. You're okay. an intense dude. Okay. And this is the first time I've ever yeah. seen you like really chilled. Maybe it's Vegas doing that to you.
1: No, I don't know. Somebody else said that to me the other day. I don't, I don't, it's so weird. You've you grown know? out of it.
0: No, but I hate, you know,
1: it makes me, it's weird to hear that because it's so I, true though. Bro. I know it must be true, but I never really thought of myself as an angry person, but I know that's how I, I come across sometimes, like it's certainly in stand up and stuff uh and it's weird, you know I don't really know I, unfortunately, I don't think we can necessarily pick how we come across yeah. to people, <laughs> you know what I mean like you- a lot of times people can seem one way and they're not the way, but, but I've heard of people say that i'm like I don't feel like i'm and but I haven't seen le- you perform yet, so you may have the same
0: style on stage. <laughs> no, but I get, right. Yeah. But right now, this is a very different mo. I'm interviewing. Even when we, you were helping me write, uh, like checking over my pilot. You're very intense. You, you felt like I was angry while helping <laughs> you with your pilot. <laughs> this is wrong. Get it out, Michael. <laughs> yeah, this <laughs> arc, this arc makes you so it off. You're like, dude, oh, what are do you doing? Know?
1: It's my only script. But you know?
0: <laughs> but that's so funny that you see it as that. I've ever thinking that was like a very. I don't know. I was really excited for you. Your no, show you were, You were. No, but I felt the i don't know maybe, maybe that's me had a lot of caffeine that no day. it's
1: me i think i just i think my blood runs sort of hot in a way where i do come off like like angry but and this fucking, is the
0: calmest i've okay. ever seen that's i good. like it i like this look on your mouth who knew that all i needed to do is have a miscarriage you know <laughs> to really turn my mood around oh my god <laughs> See knew? now what they're gonna do is cancel me for laughing at that Oh, uh, thanks, Mo. See, you
1: should have let me continue being angry. You I know. know I but it is funny that someone said that. Now, you, on the other hand, always seem happy and positive and everything. And and that's, I mean, I guess that must be how you really are. It's its an amazing... <laughs> if you really are as effusive and positive as you
0: seem all the time, that would be... I am. I'm this person. And it's kind of a And you've always this. been like that? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what. Maybe... I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, maybe I'm an only child or, like I never had, and also, before I almost died from COVID, my life was great. Like I got a beautiful wife. I feel like your life's
1: been good for a while. Since I've known you, you've been been doing pretty well. Yeah, it's
0: always been good. And even when I was on Chelsea and she was shitting on me, I was like, dude, I'm on the biggest rated comedy that launched my comedy career. Well,
1: she would shit on you, but then you would look at the comments and, while plenty of people would shit on you, a lot of people would love you too. Yeah. And then no one else would get mentioned at all.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly. I was like, oh, okay, yeah. well, that's yeah, how this is actually a better better to be oh, in that yeah. position. so half your people would hate me and the other half would defend me, going, yeah. oh man, we love you. So it worked out for yeah. me, you know what I mean? So how, how'd you get on Chelsea? How was that, somebody were you a writer that, what, on there No, I, Somebody sent me the improv, yeah. Ah,
1: And and uh, I think Michael Cox, I'm mean, at the improv, and then, yeah, put me on there. Yeah, that was awesome. How long were you on for? I did like 40 episodes. Oh, wow. So I think like three years. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I mean, that was definitely like, I still have a lot of like people who do come to my shows like know me from that, Yeah, you know? I used to get recognized all the time. It was pretty
0: cool. It's interesting how you can be on a sitcom, you can be on this or that, and nobody knows. No one but knows. for some reason, that was a lightning rod for comedians. I... To put how big that show was, I tell people, Chelsea was like American Idol for comedians. Like You could go from obscurity. A lot of her writers quit and weren't even doing comedy anymore. And they were friends and she got them back in the game and they blew up and they were selling out. I was selling out, I didn't even know how to do comedy. I was at 15 <laughs> minutes and I would bring like five comics and put myself in the I remember that. I Hot remember comedy.
1: You would do like the Michael, Yo, and Friends show. Yeah, friend show. And you just Every liked, show was Friends show yeah, yeah.
0: because I had no material but that just shows you how big that show was where a person like me that didn't know how to do comedy was putting myself in the middle of a show doing 10 to 15 minutes and bringing killers like you. and. Uh, Donnell Rollins did some Brent Morin and people like that, but that's how big that show was. Yeah, it's
1: interesting though because that path into comedy, I feel like, is the path now. You know, like I, I feel like getting popular and then really starting to do comedy is going to be the path I think into stand up more because I see it happening with podcast guys and YouTube guys. They're like, oh well, fuck, I'm famous. Uh, people will pay to come see me. I better learn how to do this.
0: Yeah, but but I still believe I've seen some big. I still believe there's a big difference between a comedian and a podcast. It's like anything, there's a big difference between a comedian trying to be a comedian and then finding his voice. And you see the same thing with podcasters trying to, they're trying to do comedy, but they haven't found their voice yet. You still gotta go through it. Like they'll pack if you, out but shows. But if you go through it though, like I'm saying like,
1: yeah, if, yeah. You, if you just show up and say, I'm gonna do a weekend and sell some tickets and bomb yeah. and take your money, <laughs> then that's one thing. But if you're like, well, this people wanna see me, and you and you put in the effort oh, like i generally think you have to be funny to be able to do this but it's a muscle i mean yeah. i see people get better and they figure it out and it's like an intellectual exercise if you yeah. see somebody at a comedy club you're like after a while unless you're a real really not cut out for it you're like oh i okay oh i get it it's, yeah i see what's going I, I see how to do this and then you know and if you're already an entertainer in some regard you already kind of have a shtick you know that you could lean into i mean yeah
0: well, I was comfortable on stage at the beginning because I did radio. So we yeah. talked, I tell everybody, I think radio is a great profession for a stand up because you have to paint pictures with words. And that's what stand up is except they see you. So if you can make somebody laugh and they can't see you, you'll be able to make somebody laugh when they can see you. So that's why, you know, that's why I uh I, there's so many great comedians around me on that show. It's like, why don't I try it? And then Joe Coy was like, "I'm gonna take you under my wing," and took me on tour for like a year. Yeah, and I learned from him. And then he kind of let me do my own thing. And Joe
1: Coy is still the nicest person ever. Nicest.
0: Dude. Like he was, <laughs> he was headlining the Chase Center.
1: You know, it was like where the Warriors play. And my parents, of course, are you know big Warriors fans. Growing up in the Bay Area. I don't say, of course, like my parents know, uh, people know about my parents' sports, uh, picks, but, um, and I, and my mom goes, oh man, Joe Coy's headlining the chase center. And she goes, he's always talked about more personal stuff than you in his act. I'm like, wow, that's all that's, that's all that's, uh, keeping me from 20,000 tickets in one night. huh?" And I texted Joe that he like immediately He's like, oh I got I love your mom. Cause she saw him like, you know, when I used to open for Well, you
0: know what I think it is. And that's what Joe told me is here's what's so funny a lot of comedians i saw like talk trash about joe now they love him right not you of course i'm just talking about I, when i came up in the club when yeah. i would mention oh i'm touring with joe they were like oh he's not a comedian he like he entertained he like does all this other stuff i go but you don't understand when you leave a joe coy show you felt like it doesn't even feel like a stand-up show like you've witnessed a spectacle like it's amazing yeah even that and he's always told me the one thing i came up with listen to joe and comedians i respect people outgrow jokes but they don't outgrow you. So if the comedy is about you, they want to hear the next part in your life about it. You know, you become a real life sitcom. And also his, his personality is so contagious. You know, like I I remember when I
1: opened for him in Sacramento, like he would do like 30 minutes on what we had done that day. And like, it wasn't all constructed and all that, but it, but it was just funny. Just the way he talked about it. You know, like I, I remember thinking this, like I did Chelsea one time with Natasha Leggero and TJ Miller. And, and afterwards they both said to me, they were like, oh man, you're so, you, you write such good jokes. You're such jokes are so well written. I was like, well, yeah, I have to, yeah. I don't have the just crazy dynamic personality that you well, guys TJ have. is all, like both you, of them. Uh, though. their yeah. personalities are just, you're just, I mean, they have great jokes too. And they write great jokes as well, but they're just these bigger than life personalities yeah. that if you don't have that, you're like, well, you better have some jokes yeah. or else you're just a guy sitting on stage. <laughs>
0: Well, at least you didn't get shitted on for seven or eight. Dude, years. I was always
1: jealous of that. I was like, "Fuck, did she shitting on you?"
0: Because she's shitting on Michael, yo. But she's putting something out there. You yeah, know what I mean? Like, true. there's something for people to grab onto. That's true. That's true. So now, um, I know you also written a lot of TV shows. Where are you in that world? Do you have any projects coming up? Or yeah, what are you writing now? I've been writing movies. I uh, I
1: sold a movie, uh, an action movie, right before COVID. That I wrote during COVID, and then um, and then I got another one option that's like a. Like uh they're going out to have a director attached, they're going out to actors now. So I'm just like playing that game right now. I mean that that is a very slow moving process. Yes, you like is. try to get a director attached. We finally did. It took a long a lot of rewrites and he put me through the ringer of rewriting the script. The director. Yeah, yeah. and and in in the script is a lot better now. I mean Is it a big director? Yeah, yeah. He's got he's got a lot of like he's okay. done some big movies in the last uh I mean he's been around for a long time and he just did one that was like a huge hit um, on the streamers and stuff. So He's done some big. He's done some big, like you know, studio comedies. So,
0: are these projects? When you write a project, do you try to put yourself in it or no?
1: No, not for these. Are big budget kind of stuff. You know, what I mean, like I don't even a smaller role. Yeah. I you mean, if, we, credits, if, if we got there, you know, I'll be, I'll be waiter. Number three, I'll okay. be uh, angry Jew five, you know, I'll <laughs> find a way to get in there. But, um, but yeah, so I never really got on this word. So he put me through like the ringer of so many rewrites And he, as much as it was like, Oh my gosh, so much work. It is a really, it got a lot better. So I'm pretty excited. You know, we'll, uh, hopefully we'll get somebody attached. Uh, we're going out to, we just went out to a big actor today. who's like a, one of my favorite like comedic actors right now. But it's definitely like, it's such a different process from stand up because stand up, it's like you could write something today and then you get the validation of it tonight. Yeah. You know what I mean? And whereas with like movies in particular, it's like, phew, you just gotta like do the work and then just be like, all right, So what, what someday is, this will all come together, hopefully. You know? So,
0: what is the different muscle? Do you feel like, because of course there are two different things stand up comedy and writing a script, but how big a difference is the muscle since you do both of them you know i think it's um
1: much much more mathematical scripts yeah i mean you have to i mean there has to be everything has to connect there has to be a reason for absolutely everything i mean stand up is that to a sense but like for instance in stand up you know we're here doing 50 minutes tonight if i wanted to i wouldn't do it but if i wanted to i could probably just find someone in the front row and do a solid yeah. 10 minutes and get some laughs off that and then do a closer and be like, that was good. Yeah. You can't just sort of <laughs> bullshit for 10 minutes on a 90 page script. You, right? you can't riff <laughs> your way through like a, a character's arc. You know what I mean? So it's, it's very like specific. And what I like about it though, is like, you know, I think we all try to write more intelligently and more in-depthly about our lives, but, but it's hard with stand up. It's hard to keep the last per minute that you need in a nightclub to keep people laughing. Yeah. And so I feel like with with, uh, writing, like, I don't know, it just allows you to kind of like, let it breathe a little bit bit more. And it kind of like, you know, I'm writing fucking helicopter chases and fucking shootouts. It's like all the stuff I love to watch. You know, it's fun. I feel like a little kid playing action figures, like ah, smashing it together, you know? So, so, uh, but at the same time, you don't get the immediate satisfaction. So I'm glad I do both, you know,
0: how depressing is the wrong word, but when you finally finish a script and it doesn't get picked up, Is that just a blow to you? Or do you feel like, "Ah, you know what? I'm still in the game. I mean, you know, it's kind of like, you know, if you show up to a
1: comedy club and you didn't sell a lot of tickets, you know, like it's oh, like everything, it's horrible, right? Yeah, it it feels worst. terrible. And you go through the whole, like, what am I doing this for? But I think if you could see the progression, you know, you're getting better. At least there's that, you know, yeah. so if I can tell the scripts better than the last one, or, you know, this, the, the way I did the scene is better than the last one. It's the same way. I look at my up act. Like I don't sell a lot of tickets. I'm not famous yet. And I don't understand why. And it annoys me and I should be more, but I see my acts getting better. I see the, the, um, you know, the next hour I'm going to put out this year is better than the last one. So if I can ever learn how to make a good TikTok dance, I'll probably be a pretty good
0: touring comedian. (laughs) That's kind of what it all matters. I told, I told my agents to stop sending me numbers because knowing numbers before I get to a club stress me. I don't want to know who's showing up because I went, this is the last time I did. I went to a a market in Monday. They sent me the numbers and it was really low, but I sold out that weekend because all the tickets sold Thursday and Friday. Sure. So I'm like, why? don't stress me out. I what, If there's 10 people there when I get there, okay, fine. But worrying about 10 people right. all week, oh my and God. And they'll be like, well, so maybe you should tweet. You're like, yeah, I've been tweeting, dude. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I, I can't, I can't, yeah. I can't uh, go through. It's literally mentally exhausting for me. And I love to see new headliners go through it too because, it's so great being a feature. Oh, you people get,
1: don't know how yeah, good it is. Oh, yeah. you're in the
0: prime spot. Yeah. Joe, Coy, Joe Coy was like, oh, I never let people feature. They host and feature because I want them to go through everything. I'm not going to just give somebody a great spot. Dude, talk about how far
1: you can, uh, you know, I think we were talking this earlier about how far you can go and all that stuff. I remember opening for Joe Coy in 2009. Yeah at the punchline in, in, in Sacramento and he was not selling out. And right? some of the shows were like, not even that many people were there. And I remember Daniel Tosh was doing a theater nearby and he came by and was just like busting Joe's balls and I was like,
0: whoa, this place is packed. Oh, you know? and it was like, and yeah. Now I mean, look at him. I mean, though. It's like, it's yeah. a, and that's what comedy is, man. It's, it's a, thir- he's been doing it for 30 years. Some people just blow up out of nowhere, but man, it's a thing where if you can get to a point where you can, like really support you and your family from it, it's the best job in the world because you control it. One thing I didn't like about Hollywood, but I'm still in Hollywood, you could get eight no's at castings during the day, but going on stage and crushing, it makes you not fall into the depressive mode because right. you're like, oh, they just haven't caught up because these this is the people yeah, they it reminds
1: you that you're good at something. Yes, I yes,
0: mean, and, yes. And,
1: and that, to, to piggyback to what you were saying about like, the writing stuff, like, yeah, if no one bought your script or no one's interested in your script, like, but if you go up in front of people, you're like, oh yeah, I am good. Like, yeah. I'm good at something. Like, these people are <laughs> laughing, you yeah. know? It, 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 is a good, it is a good reminder. Now, my problem with stand-up, though, is it's like, yeah, but why don't the people laughing and liking you, well, why aren't they then clicking on the social media links? You I mean? That's what always gets me with stand up where I'm like, yeah. okay, but if, if they're not going to the Instagram, what is, where's the disconnect between laughing here and going and clickety click because, click.
0: Because people don't want to work people. It's kind of like, what I learned is you have to really like, they have to really be emotionally involved in you, like emotionally attached to you to actually go follow you. And this, Yeah, like, like, I talk so much about my family, on stage, they wanna go see my family. So literally, I see after every show, even if I'm a promoter or not, I get five to 10 people, and this is here where sometimes 60 to 100 people here, you're getting 10% of the audience if 100 people here following you after a show, just because they wanna see what you talked about. Now, if I was up here just saying jokes, I don't believe people, and I could be wrong, but I don't believe people attach themselves to jokes. I believe, you know what I mean? Like if you're yeah. funny, I don't see people go and follow you because you really, unless you're funny giving personal information. But if you're just like a boom, boom, well, boom. It
1: goes either way, you know, yeah. right? You look like a Mark Norman or a Daniel Tosh. But,
0: but what that does work is on social media where people go to see them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like because it's all about 60 second clips. See, I, I believe like in a club, it works better the personal, you know? But on TikTok and all the socials, they wanna see something funny in 15 to 30 seconds and that's something that I can't do. You know what I mean? I can make you involved in my family and all that in a show but I can't give you something you want in like thirty six, unless you just take a quick snap it out of one of my stories. And
1: how do you think people are going to react when they find out that your family is actually just actors that you've cast well, to help I, your stand up career?
0: I think I'm gonna let people know that about two three years. You've from got now.
1: your, I know your daughter's only pretty young, but has she signed an NDA already? She did she? Okay, did. so and my son, know. okay, and that's my son. Good. That's so good.
0: you know, and it's pretty great that we that's found nice. a kid that looked just like me because I
1: remember seeing, yeah, I remember seeing that Craigslist said, yeah. casting multiracial yeah. adorable family
0: and you. Wife, my and, white wife you white wife. my infant well my white wife she's she's casted too yeah, yeah. oh yeah you yeah you yeah. know yeah. no, white aware. woman would ever want to go out with me for real well
1: i'm not gonna weigh in on that uh, <laughs> one way or the other I don't, I don't even know what that means necessarily
0: <laughs> <laughs> no but it, it's great that uh but that's what i'm saying i there's ways of different ways of doing comedy but i could never like i there was one comedian here uh that told like 20 jokes in a minute like, wow. or like, what was, 15 minutes that they probably did two jokes every minute, 30 jokes in 15 minutes. I was like, dude, my mind would explode even attempting to do something. I'll do a story that's five minutes, but giving you like a boom, boom punchline, like a, on a different, whole different, oh man. Like, yeah. I respect that. I could never do that, but I respect that. Yeah, Josh Wolfe, I know he's a mutual friend of ours from Chelsea and everything, no, but I he's also
1: a great storyteller. Yeah. He,
0: he can milk a story for a long time and really build it. You know what I love about stories though? You can find, there's so many beats, because you'll say something funny, and then you'll be like, oh, let me analyze that. And then you kind of break that down, and then you are be like, oh, let me, because there's one part of my new special where I go, uh, I talk about how I got my antibody test, and the doctor, like, my antibodies are at 2,500, and the normal rate is at 20 Right? So he goes, you're 120 times more antibodies than you need. And I said, I hung up the phone, looked at my wife and said, I'm a goddamn superhero. And then I was like, okay. And then I'll go, I'm the half Panther. So they're like, okay, that's funny. And then I go, do you realize I could sneeze on someone and cure them? So that's what I love about you find a joke, you find another joke, you find another. And right. then I go to the front row, shake my hand. And then they shake my hand, and go, you're vaccinated, you know, and then fist bump booster. Right, so, right, right, you know, right, right. but I could have kept going, though. You know what I mean? So it's a thing where I'm, I just find
1: a way to keep turning this screw, like turn, just find turn, another okay, little place another to one? go with what's it. Because yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: once you tell your story, it's all about the quick hits after that. So it's like I, I tell a story, you get the big punchline and then boom, boom, boom. You give them like two or three more. And then it's kind of like, oh, OK, you know, because you grinded it all the way out. And that's what I've learned that I didn't have the first special that I've learned this one.
1: You Damn, know, if you have that many antibodies, Oh, you have that because you got so sick. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, who's, who were you hanging around with that? You right? still got that sick despite all those antibodies, like <laughs> no. an
0: elephant with COVID. No, no, I got it. But since I got it so bad, okay, right, like right. literally, I remember they tested me right after and they didn't. The tests weren't accurate, but they go by the art test right now. It looks like you'll be good for three years. Like your yeah. antibodies are so high, yeah. and they've gone down over two years, and I'm still at 2500. And how do you think people are going to react when they find out you didn't actually get COVID and you've uh, been admitted? I think to they're going to. I think they're going to be pretty. <laughs> and you amazing. had
1: all the doctors sign an NDA.
0: Yeah, I, my life it's 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 an acting job. You know, I'm a con man. I'm like, what's the name, Twindler, tw- Twitter? What? And how do you think they're going to react when on. they
1: find out you're actually Hispanic and you're not uh, uh, black Asian, and Asian and Black and Asian.
0: How do you think they're that's I'm over. Asian. <laughs> I'm Asian. No. Have you seen that Tinder swindler show? Uh, I heard that. It. Oh heard my about, God. Yeah. This dude, he's just a total scammer. It's just like me. I'm not black and Asian. <laughs> those aren't really my parents. I've been watching a lot of those con men
1: documentaries. That, Cause, uh, this just happened somewhere in me where this woman was convinced she was in the DA for a year and she was doing like ride alongs with, with somebody. She thought she was getting trained to be in the DA. <laughs> and then she find out that she was just like hanging around some psychopath. <laughs>
0: who had like a cop shirt that he bought at Walmart or something. It's scary how people like, and this is what you got to be careful for because if you victim blame, people get mad, but it's kind of like some at some time you got to use common sense. You know, they
1: don't they like don't. when you want to listen to that dirty John podcast, you're like, okay, how many red flags did you need people somehow? But I get it though. Right. I get Do it. You? Like I, in I a certain don't. sense, when people come to me with like business opportunities, sometimes, like I've had people like present me like okay this is an investment thing and and they talk about how much money they have and and, and eventually I figure out like okay this person's kind of full of shit they're trying to get yeah. my money they're not trying to give me their money but because you have common sense but there's a certain few days that go by where I'm responding to the emails and I'm like oh and, and so I guess if you just if the person's really good maybe you
0: never turn that corner where you're like so Wait in a minute. Tinder swindler what would happen is he would fly these girls in for put them up in cars private jets all that stuff right and then. Uh, they would go back and then he would ask money for it. Oh, he would send pictures of a bodyguard being beat up and like, oh, they attacked me, my enemies are after me, I need money. And how much, oh, $40,000. First of all, like, and these women are sending it, but then it goes down to sometimes people, men and women, want to be in love so bad they'll do anything for yeah. it. And he was just taking advantage of that. But I still say, you gotta have some common sense. So one woman sent $250,000 to him, but it wasn't just one take. It was wow. like, kept asking and asking. And I gotta get back on Tinder. So what he was doing, was using people's money, other women's money to take out other girls. Right, it's
1: like a big, it's, it's like a, a pyramid scheme.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. a Ponzi scheme or whatever they call it. So
1: it's it's pretty wild, man. I, I, there's some, I think it's, uh, God, what is it? It's on documents, like the Hollywood, something called like the Hollywood Queen or something. like that. There was a, this whole, there's this person who turned out to be like, in Malaysia or somewhere like that, where they were doing all these different voices and convincing all these young artists and screenwriters that they were being employed, and, and they would—they're like, "All right, you just fly yourself to uh, Malaysia and then send me all the receipts. I need all that. I'm going to reimburse you and all this stuff." And they got these people flying around writing like scripts about stuff, and and the people were like, they were giving me notes that were actually pretty good. Like it's kind of bizarre how what committed
0: a, well, they were to the con. But what was the con at the
1: end? At the end of it was just like just somebody who wanted to. Oh, I saw
0: it. Have just people scripts.
1: do stuff, basically. Like, just you're sitting there. I mean, if you think if you're sitting in some apartment in Malaysia, <laughs> and you have people in LA, like, flying around the world and sending you things. I mean, it must be this insane sense of power. Like, think of the power you have when you can get someone to be like, you know, you think of the things you're head and boom, now you're boosting, and you get them to react. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine if you're getting them to fly across the world and write you an entire screenplay. And, you know. <laughs> it's just It's
0: nuts. But wouldn't they look this guy up? That's what I'm saying. There's so much information because that's the thing. There's so much information. You can get information on something, you know, like is this guy really a director? Is it, you know, like
1: now, now you can, but just imagine how easy it must've been to con people in like the 1800s. You just show me like, yeah, I'm the sheriff. They ordered from Tuscaloosa. (laughs) Like, okay. okay, He's the sheriff. Are we going to send a letter? It'll take three months to get
0: back. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, you imagine those times like you were waiting on a letter, bro. Like literally, Literally a couple months. Was, how did anyone get caught committing a crime back then? Oh, they would kill somebody, and then they would send like a posse after you. So, like, but what how did they you know were, you did it? Like, it must oh, would have been so easy to see it. Oh, but if you, they didn't see it. Oh, where's proof? Know, you would never know. <laughs> Well, they would see this one guy that was in their town and they'd be like, well, that guy must have did it. Because I was watching something on like,
1: I can't believe, I think it was in Belize or somewhere like that where this murder happened. The guy was like, the cop was like, we don't have DNA down here. He's like, and even in Mexico, I think they solve like, like ten percent of murders. Like it's very low. Well, because it's also mafia related, too. Mafia so. related, but also like it's just like yeah, you know, they probably don't have access to yeah, all they the don't. They, they don't have they access don't. to all the DNA and stuff. So if you're back in like the eighteen hundreds, I mean, you know how dumb you gotta be to get a car committed of committing a murder? Like you, you you just wait till it's dark and it's you're getting away with it, you
0: know. <laughs> oh, back in the day. Everyone's so wearing easier. the same
1: little hat with a buckle. Like <laughs> eyewitness
0: testimony is not gonna, you know, be that effective. That's right. And everybody's pretty much white. You know right. that in places of power. So probably
1: what they did is they would just be like, All right guys, someone got murdered. Who do we want to kill? What?
0: Let's just say they <laughs> did it. Exactly what black guy did Right. I mean uh, Exactly. Exactly. See, I love I love making Mo uncomfortable. He's like, Well, I'm not saying that that. I'm like, like, I, I, like, don't I don't even know what you that. mean by black. Is that a that a color? I don't see a color. <laughs> I don't see color. I hate when people say that. I've had people say, I don't see color. I was like, Oh my God, you're the problem. You are the problem. The people that don't. That We're say, nervous, man. We're well, nervous right now. don't say I don't see color because then <laughs> you say, that's the most ridiculous. I had a friend, a friend say that. I go, that's that's even more re- prejudiced than the other things. You can say, I don't see color. Oh, so you're not acknowledging me or what's happened because you don't see color? Come on, stop. Who
1: is me. it? Speaking of great comedians, Mitch Hedberg had a joke where he was like, <laughs> when people try to say they're not racist, they're like, hey, man, black, white, green, purple, I don't care. It's like, well, Purple and green, you should care, dude. I mean, that means they're like a monster.
0: Like, like, I mean, fuck the, fuck the purple people. <laughs> we don't like the purple people. All
1: right, Mo, how can people follow you, bro? Uh, the Real Mo Mandel on Instagram. And uh, Mo Mandel on YouTube. That's where I'm putting out new stuff every week.
0: All right. Also, check out my new special March 15th. It will drop, subscribe, like, comment, all that good stuff. Follow Mo Mandel. We'll see you next time. Later. Thanks, man.